Delaware State of the Arts. I'm Andy Truscott. My guest today is David Christopher, the founder, artistic director, and conductor of Delaware Choral Arts in Wilmington, Delaware. Delaware Choral Arts, or DCA, serves the greater Wilmington community through excellent and inspiring performances of great choral literature. It supports its talented and dedicated membership with professional skill and leadership, nurturing the art of choral music through scholarships, commissions, and showcases. Known for its expressive singing, diverse programming, and beautiful choral sound, Delaware Choral Arts has brought a rich palette of choral music to the region since its beginnings in 1984. David, as we kick off here, could you start by giving our listeners a bit of an overview of Delaware Choral Arts and its mission in the greater community? Well, Delaware Choral Arts, um, well, when it was formed, I will start by saying that I formed it in uh, 1984. I was only about 14 at the time. No, I'm kidding. But um, And uh, I was with it for several years and moved away, and then I became the the uh, conductor again in 2005. So it's been around for quite a while and it's gone through a number of phases. So currently we are a chorus of about 50 singers, I think 48 exactly in this concert. And the, the chorus, the chorus size expands and contracts depending on what we do. If we do Carmina Burana, suddenly we have 90 people that want to sing with us. If we do Monteverdi, we, we're down to 35. So, you know, we kind of roll with the punches with that we do uh we usually do a three concert season one of them usually with orchestra uh in this case we have instrumental ensembles throughout the year so we rehearse on monday evenings so if there are folks out there that would like to join a, a choral group we rehearse at the episcopal church of saints andrew and matthew in wilmington and we have a fantastic collaborative pianist, Rob Kennan, who's the music director at Newark Methodist. Uh, and one final thing I, I'll say, we are associated with the Episcopal Church of Saints Andrew and Matthew as an ensemble in residence at the church. Um, it's kind of convenient because I'm the music director there as well. We, we kind of wedded the groups, uh, the, the group to the, the, the church and the group. In a, in a loose way, but there's a lot of synergy between the two organizations. You had mentioned that the the size of the group varies, obviously, based on the piece that, that you're uh, performing. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about how individuals uh, can I- indicate to you that they're interested in auditioning and kind of what you're looking for most as it relates to singers from the community. If someone is interested in singing, probably the easiest thing is to go to our website and look at the, uh, I believe it's the auditions page. It's been called different things. It was Sing With Us for a while. I think it might say auditions now. Uh, but it has information about what is expected. We do need people to uh, be able to read music because basically we hand you this huge pile of music and then we have 12 rehearsals and do a concert. So it's not the kind of group where we like spend uh, months and months learning notes like by ear. So you really do have to read pretty well. I'm also looking for people that can sing in tune and have a pleasant quality. It doesn't need to be a specific quality, just needs to be pleasant. The other thing about Delaware Choral Arts is it's not just a group of people that sing. It's, it really is a community. You know, we have social events and 
we we have a, a our community actually involves the people that come to our concerts. So when you get involved with us, it's not just show up and sing and that's it. It's um there's there's more to it. So we also want people that want to become part of that community. I invite people. It, 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 sometimes before they audition, they can actually come and sit in on a rehearsal and try it out. I highly recommend that. And even if they audition, sometimes I'll say, why don't you come to one of our rehearsals, sit in, see what the rehearsal's like, what the group is like, and see if it's something that you can commit to. And the, the one final thing I'll say is it, it is a group that requires uh, a certain time commitment because we, we do minimal rehearsal. We need people to come all the time, unless they're, they're sick or have a serious conflict. So we're looking for kind of a commitment there as well. As the artistic director, how do you go about choosing the pieces that you will present each year? And is that dependent on the chorus that you know already exists? Or do you choose the pieces with the hopes that you'll attract singers from around the area based on the fact that you're doing these pieces? Well, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> it's a really complicated thing to figure out what on earth to sing. Historically sung things like Messiah or Handel's Judas Maccabeus or Samson or, you know, big oratorios, Elijah, Haydn's creation. That's what the group historically has loved to sing. Um, but in the last, you know, I'd say decade or so, we've we have tried to become more of a chorus that's relevant, shall I say? I don't know if that's the right word, but that it matters. What we do isn't just uh, a fun exercise for us, but it, it matters to community and, and the singers. We want the music to be something that our singers want to sing. If it's not, they simply don't come, first of all. So they want to sing mainly things like Carmina Burana, um, Handles Elijah, but they also want to sing um, works by new composers, by women composers, by black composers. And I think over a period of time, they've come to trust me that um, if I if we we settle on a piece, it's going to be something that they want to learn. So we consider all of that, what people will come to hear, what people want to sing. But then we also have other goals like we have our um, we recently formed a diversity and inclusion committee that has been working to try to strengthen our, our views and our understanding of that. And they weigh in on the, the selection of the rep. We also have a programming committee that's, that gets involved in this. That's a long process. I basically, what I do is I basically make this humongous list of every work that I could conceivably think of that we might want to do this season. And I give it to these lovely people who take tons of time and they look at everything and we sort of boil it down to our, you know, our six best choices. And then we, you know, we keep massaging it down till we actually come up with the program. And then some, oftentimes we get it all set and something falls through and we have to, we have to go back to the drawing board. You know, I'm real pleased with this season. I think it, it really is exactly the kind of season that we like to do. And, it's our budget and you know i think i think people are going to be very excited to hear it can you talk about some of the notable partnerships or collaborations that delaware choral arts has established in your long tenure of existence sure well i've been uh, gosh i've been a music musician in this community for at least 10 years 
maybe 40. Um, and so I, I, you know, I have a lot of personal connections, but also um, the the group itself has has historically collaborated with other groups. So between those two things, we often do uh, like like for example, this season, our first and last concert have uh, groups that we're collaborating with. The Gliss String Quartet is part of our our first concert, and that's a Lisa Vapel is our contractor concert master um, or whenever we use instruments and she has a string quartet called the bliss string quartet and that happens to be players they're all players that i've worked with many times um and they uh it's it's not like a they don't actually have a series of their own they kind of it's an informal gathering of this quartet whenever needed but it's a great group of it's it's all female group fine players. So we love to perform together. Uh, Lisa's just a brilliant player and everybody that she brings in is as well. In the spring, and that's going to be a collaboration with the Whitney Project. Now the Whitney Project is Jonathan Whitney's jazz ensemble. Jonathan Whitney is an artist in residence at the Episcopal Church of St. Andrew and Matthew, as is Delaware Choral Arts. So we have relationships on on many levels. Plus, he and I are, are very good friends, and we're always doing projects together. That was a no-brainer when we needed a, a jazz group. We just go to Jonathan, and it's it's actually not just like like his uh, jazz trio or quartet. This has like cellos and flutes and things in it as well. So it's sort of the Whitney project expanded. Um, so we're collaborating with them. Uh, for the spring. We also often collaborate with the Wilmington Children's Chorus. Kimberly Doucette and Phil Doucette run that. Usually once a year, we do something collaborative with them. It's not actually on our season, but we are doing a spirituals concert with them. We'll be singing in the Ch- Wilmington Children Co- Children's Chorus's spirituals concert. So we're also collaborating with them this year as well. I want to take just a minute here to remind our listeners that you're tuned in to Delaware State of the Arts on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. David, talk to us about what's coming this season. I know you've got a performance coming up here in just about uh, a week called The Golden Harp at Grace United Methodist Church. Tell us what audiences can expect with that performance and then the rest of your season. So that's on Saturday, November 18th at 7 p.m., it's going to be at Grace United Methodist Church, which is one of our favorite places to sing. Audience likes to come, too, because when you think of Grace Methodist Church, you also think of all those parking lots all around it. So it's a very easy place to park, and the acoustics are the best in town, I think. So that concert has four pieces on it. The first, we open with this, it's a big old Anglican tour de force called Thou, O God, Art Praised in Zion by Malcolm Boyle, based on Psalm 65 and 67 and Isaiah 26. And it's like a, an eight-minute piece that uh, just lets out all the stops. So it's the kind of stuff that DCA loves to do. And hopefully that will get them warmed up for the Mozart Misa Brevis in F. It's KV-192. That's the second piece. Now, the, the first piece is just with organ, with uh Gabriel Benton will be playing the organ. He's the organist at Grace and one of the finest keyboard players around. And then the second, the Mozart Misa Brevis will have strings and organ. 
Um, this is a um, 20, 20 minute piece, I guess, maybe 25 minutes that he wrote when he was just 18 years old. Um, and it's, it's it, one thing that's kind of notable about it. It's sometimes called the Credo Mass because it uses a theme that he used. Well, the theme is which is a theme he used in the Jupiter Symphony. So it's going to, it's, it just immediately tends to sound familiar to people and they don't know why. Um, I haven't done the piece in like 15 years, so I'm really thrilled to be doing it again. And the soloists are from our staff singers. They're, they're going to be stepping out and doing the solos for that. Um, the third piece is called The Golden Heart. And this is by Gwyneth Walker. One of the things I'm particularly uh, interested in doing is more works by women composers. And I think they're just Gwyneth Walker is an example of someone who just I think needs to be performed a lot more. Her music is is brilliant. It holds up against anybody else. And it's got ideas that I keep thinking as we're rehearsing this. Could a European guy from the you know 17th and 18th century thought of anything like this, even even contemporary? It's got such a, an interesting um way that she crescendos and decrescendos through the phrases it, it gives it like an aerodynamic quality so she just has a great style um it was originally written for the arkansas chamber of singers and uh with string quartet so it was commissioned by from her by them and it uses the poetry of rabindranath tagore i hope i said that right rabindranath i think so i think the accents on the second syllable there he was 1861 to 1941, and he was a Bengali poet, playwright, novelist, all kinds of things. Um, he won a Nobel Prize, and this work is from his Gitanjali, is the name of the, the bigger work. He translated it himself into English. It's a very interesting spiritual work. It sort of explores the, the beauty of the divine and the beauty of the soul within, and it, it sees the, the beloved as the creator or as a lover. So it, it really, it's like a convert, uh, 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 it's like poetry to God, basically, but not in a way that you would expect to hear it in church. The reason it's called the golden harp is because there's a line in the opening song. It says, I am here to sing these songs. Well, that's the title of the piece. And when in the morning air, the golden harp is tuned. And so that's where the, that's where Golden Harp comes from. So, and then we, um, we close the concert with a piece by Dan Forrest, who is a really popular composer now. It, it's a piece called Light Beyond Shadow that he wrote in 2021, but it was based on everything that happened in 2020, which as we know, that was the pandemic. Many of us had a terrible time with that. There was a tumultuous election that year. You know, things have never been the same since that. And so that inspired him. Um, he used Paul Wigmore's, Paul Wigmore's an English uh, writer. The text invokes light, joy, love, peace, and hope. It really is, um, and it's with strings, piano, and chorus. So it's a very, a very ethereal, moving 
piece. Dan Forrest, we did a piece by his Jubilate Deo, which he wrote in uh, 2016, and we did it in 2018. So this is our second Dan Forrest piece. So that's our that's our fall concert, November 18th. Talk to me about the February performance of I Believe, which is going to have two performances, one at Newark United Methodist Church and one at the Presbyterian Church of Dover. We're, we're actually really excited to be doing Newark and Dover. So we've been thinking for a while, we've got to get out of Wilmington and perform throughout the state more. So Newark and Dover are where these concerts will be. The, the concert is centered around a piece called Credo, which hence I believe, and it's written by Margaret Bonds. The, the musical piece is was written by Margaret Bonds, a composer, American composer, one of the first black composers to, to gain recognition in the United States. She's known very well for her spiritual arrangements. Most notably, he's got the whole world in his hands, the famous arrangement that everyone does is by Margaret Bonds. She was very influenced by Florence Price, another African-American composer who's recently got a lot of press and been re- her works have been revived. And she worked closely with Langston Hughes. But this work is W.E.B. Du Bois. Now, he was much earlier. He was 1868 to 1963. So he wrote the text of the work in 1904. And in 1904, he wrote this work it's called uh, it's considered a prose poem and it it proclaimed uh, his philosophy on racial uh, equality the work is is nine movements and each movement is one of the pieces that he laid out uh, his personal beliefs towards racial equality first one is god then the negro race then pride service the devil the prince of peace Liberty for all men, the training of children, and patience. So these were the things that were part of his his credo. One of my I'm going to read a quote from one of my friends in Philadelphia. Uh, Veronica Chapman Smith is a soprano, and uh, I've performed with her a number of times. She says it is a piece of music that not only through the text but also through the musical language tells a story that has unfortunately not been heard on a regular basis within the traditional concert hall. And this is a piece that we did last year for our spring concert. And it received such an interesting response. People were, a lot of people were surprised that they liked it, how they were impressed with how powerful the music was and how the music, uh, the words seemed to make more sense because of the way that she said it. So we decided that we would revive it, and share it with our Newark and Dover friends. It's one of the final pieces that Bonds wrote before she died, actually. Um, and and oh, and following that concert, we're going to have a, a live panel discussion, both of them, both in Newark and Dover. Um, it's going to be led by the soprano soloist. Her name is Jasmine Salaberrios, who's actually from Dover, but she's going to be singing and leading this panel of people that she puts together from Dover, and we're going to be talking about looking at 1904, 1965, and 2023, and how this work is relevant for all three times. So it's it, it, we think it's going to be a very interesting discussion. So we, we really wanted to be 
you know, it, we love singing the piece, but it needs to be more about more than just the piece. It, it's really a very relevant piece. David, as we wrap up a little bit, can you talk to us about what message or inspiration you want to convey to listeners about the beauty and significance of choral music in Delaware and beyond? There's all kinds of levels that we have to find in the music that won't find themselves. You know, the composers have interpreted the text for us. And we spend a lot of time talking about this. And I think it's one of the things that makes their performances unique. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting about that is by focusing on these musical ideas, we don't really ever talk about, tend to talk about blending so much. Because what we find is people with different voices and different timbres, different, you know, different mindsets even, if we share the same musical ideas, it tends to just blend and it, it comes together in a way that it, it, it's, it's a phenomenon, really. So that by the time we get to the end, maybe I'll say a few things like this chord is out of tune. Let's try to fix that. And, you know, the, the, the vowel quality here is, is off. But if we have the same musical mind, the voices tend to blend and the people feel connected in a way that they, they can't feel any other way. So I, th- I think that, that this really is important to the members of the group as well. It's it's hard to put into words beyond that. David, thank you so much for joining me today. If you're interested in learning more about Delaware Choral Arts, I encourage you to visit their website at DelawareCoralArts.org. 